amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, and welcome to episode number nine of Taylor's Business English Podcast. This podcast is for intermediate level students who want to practice English for work. My name's Dave Taylor, and I'm a teacher and manager at Taylor School in Oviedo, in Asturias. I'm sitting here with John Wyke, who's also a teacher at Taylor School, and he's a translator of academic and scientific texts. He's also a keen photographer and open water swimmer. Hi, John. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Have you been swimming this weekend? Uh, I was swimming on, yeah, the other day. We were swimming in the sea. It was lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're in uh, November. We're in well, November. No. That was in October. But... No, the 1st of November, a traditional day for a swim in the sea. Right, <laughs> okay. Was it uh, Was it nice and warm? Yes, yeah, it was lovely. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking about human resources, and more specifically, we're looking at contracts and working conditions. So let's get started. Okay, John, uh, could you give us your language learning word of the day, please? I can. Today's language learning word is jargon. Mm-hmm. Jargon. So jargon is the specific coded language that every industry, every business, every sector develops over time. It's very useful because it allows people to communicate a lot of information in a very short time with mm-hmm. a, a short word or phrase. But it's also very difficult because it's impenetrable. Impenetrable, yeah. like a prison. Like a prison. So yeah. outsiders who don't know the jargon uh, find it very difficult sometimes to to decipher, to decode what's going on. Yeah, so, it's, so every company or every sector will have a certain uh, set of different uh, jargon, uh, vocabulary, which yeah. is jargon, which means sort of, yeah, words or phrases or expressions which are specific to that industry that people within that industry will exactly will understand yeah i'll give you one example from from my past we had um production lines for pharmaceutical products and between each production run we had to do uh, a clearance now mm-hmm. outside of our industry a clearance might be the kind of sale where you sell everything at the end of a, a business yeah everything must go clearance exactly. sale that's right but for us clearance referred to some specific activities that had to be done in a certain order it took a certain amount of time and it was much quicker to say do the clearance yeah than to say do at task one then do task two then task three uh-huh yeah, so it's to like clear a list, to like finish a list of things. Or In effect, like yeah. yeah, and, and uh-huh. to make sure there was no product left on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find this quite interesting working in Spain. I once worked in uh, ArcelorMittal, which is like a, oh, a steel company, a, a big yeah. steel company. And it's, it's so big, it has its own, I mean, it's a multinational now. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I'm not sure who it's owned by right now, but it, at that moment it was Lakshmi owned by... Metal. A, 
Lakshmi yeah, Mittal, Indian, his name is. Yeah. An Indian owner, yeah. And so the, the company was very, very multinational. So they used English jargon yes. in the company. And I was teaching English there and I'd say things like a memo. So a memo is like a note that goes round to all the yeah. all the employees. And people there were saying, Oh no, that's not a memo. <laughs> they had and they had their own word. I can't even remember what word it was. It was a note or a yeah. a paper or something like that. But so every company has its own sort of vocabulary, especially big companies and yeah. and bits of jargon. So we've got a, a few bits of jargon that are related to the human resources sector here. Yes, because HR also, yeah, I mean, HR itself, using yeah, HR is jargon. jargon. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's HR, human resources, HR. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is something we do in English much more than, than say, in Spanish. Yeah. We, we use the abbreviations and the initials uh-huh. much, much more than, than my Spanish friends do. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, HR, jargon, one example, core competencies. Yes. So these are, like, the, your skills, main skills, yeah, I mean, often you see this on jab, job advertisements mm-hmm. um, where they would list the required core competencies for a position. Yeah. So it's not just the skills, it's it's the um, personal characteristics and, and what we call soft skills as well, Yeah, uh, such as problem solving, working in a team, mm-hmm. um, th- those kinds of things. Soft skills are more like emotional or personality traits, yeah, More I think than... often it's called emotional intelligence mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah, or EI as well. <laughs> if you like. Yeah. Good. Uh, another one we could say downsizing. So this is an HR expression for talking about well, there are lots of, there are lots of euphemisms for yep. um, firing people or to get rid of um, employees to have to make fewer employees yeah fewer costs one of the things hr is good at is coming up with words for negative events which don't sound quite so negative yeah so the euphemisms as you say yeah downsizing reorganization restructuring or even right sizing yeah. which implies that the company is moving towards the correct size yeah so the company is too it's too, too big, big so it's too the many wrong get, um, size yeah. so it needs to be smaller to get to the right size right sizing so yeah restructuring could be like selling certain parts of the company or yeah. getting rid of the cleaners that you actually pay to get um contract cleaners contract in, yeah. cleaners subcontracted um, from employees the employees point like of view these kinds of things are, are not usually happy pleasant no. events no not usually because mm-hmm. um, they often they often go along with redundancies yeah uh, which is another source of euphemisms to let somebody go yeah yeah i'm afraid we have to let you go yeah yeah that means you don't have a job anymore you have no job yeah mm-hmm. to lay off to sack to fire to make redundant mm-hmm now, I think there's slight differences between some of these. Yeah. Because if you're fired, that suggests that you've done something wrong. wrong yeah. And, mm-hmm. and you have lost your job because you didn't follow the rules or yeah. you didn't perform appropriately. Whereas if you're let go or laid off or made redundant, yeah. that means your job doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And sacked is similar to fired as well. So. I think so, yeah. Although yeah, it's, it's less sacked. formal. Yeah. Um, people would be thinking, oh, what for? Yeah. Why did yeah. they sack you? Mm-hmm. What did you do? Yeah. 
And we've got one here. This is a real bit of jargon that I'd never heard before, but researching like this, this, pro- <laughs> researching this program, I found this uh, interesting bit of jargon, which is frequent flyers. So frequent flyers, the, the literal meaning is mm. when you fly a lot, you get points um, with certain airlines or groups of airlines, and they give you points as a frequent flyer, and then you can get a free flight or various free flights. Yeah, so, so it just means you, you're, you use the service very often. Mm-hmm. It also, also is used quite a lot in, medic, in medical jargon. Mm-hmm. A frequent flyer is a patient who is always in the emergency room. Right. Yeah, so uh, that's... Um, again, causing problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in HR, it's an employee who seems to have problems with everything and everybody and take up a lot of time with yeah. the HR department. Yeah, so it's a problematic employee. Yes. Basically. Um, mm-hmm. and, and these are the kinds of words that you might use when talking to other HR, HR workers, but you wouldn't use to non-HR workers. Yeah, good. Um, in a moment, we're going to act out a renegotiation of working conditions with the HR department. So, uh, but first, listen to this. Desde Taylor Empresas, proponemos clases de inglés en los locales de su propia empresa o en nuestra academia en Oviedo. Somos un centro organizador de la Fundación Tripartita y tenemos un equipo de profesores cualificados y con experiencia. Llámenos al 984-2021-91 o mire nuestra página web taylorschool.es. Now it's time for our role play conversation. I am a human resources assistant in a large company. John works in the logistics department. John is due to be made into a permanent employee of the company. So we're discussing the new contract. Okay, let's go. Hello, John. Nice to see you again. Come in, take a seat. Thanks. I take it you've had a look at the contract I sent you yesterday. Yes, I, I did have a look, and I, I do have a few questions. All right, um, let's start with the basics, and then we'll work out any details at the end. Okay, okay? great. You've already had two six-month contracts with us. As you know, we're, we've been very happy with your work over mm-hmm. the last 12 months, and we'd like to take you on as a permanent employee. As you can see, we've also included a 5% pay rise, which translates as an extra £1,100 per year, which takes you up to £22,000 gross for your basic salary, plus the same performance bonus as you've had up to now. How does that sound? Well, the pay rise is very welcome, and the job security of being taken on permanently is great. Fantastic. As you probably know, there's a yearly pay review, but in practice, we almost always stick to a 3% to 7% pay rise every three years. Uh, worked out depending on your performance, but also taking into account rates of inflation and the performance of the company as a whole. And that sounds fine. You also have the option of contributing to a pension fund. Uh, It does work out very well, and you can discuss this further with Susan when we've finished here. Um, You had some questions for me. Yeah. um, As you know, I've got two small children, and I was wondering if you were open to the possibility of uh, flexi time or a reduced timetable compared to what I've been doing over the last 12 months. I am very happy with the position and the workload, but you know the six o'clock finish means we have to have the kids in private childcare for nine hours a day. Okay, uh, we do try to work around family commitments, as you know, 
as long as it doesn't interfere with uh, productivity or communication within departments or among the staff. I'll have to consult with your line manager. That's um, Steve Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it would obviously mean a pay cut for you. Your timetable now is nine to six with one hour for lunch, Monday to Thursday and nine to four on Friday. That's a total of 38 hours. Is that right? It is. Yes. Just so we're clear, tell me what your ideal timetable would be and then we can work from there. Right. Well, ideally, I'd start earlier, let's say eight o'clock and I'd finish at three with just half an hour for lunch. And I could do that from Monday to Friday. That will give me 32 and a half hours per week. Would that be feasible? Legally, uh, you have to have at least 45 minutes lunch break uh, when you work over 4.5 hours straight. So we'd have to stretch your finish time out to 3.15. Well, that wouldn't be a problem. Let me talk to Steve and the management team and we'll get back to you. Um, are you sure you'll be happy to take that pay cut? Well, my wife works long hours too, so we have to find a balance. And the cost of childcare is so high, it really wouldn't mean much of a pay cut when you take into account the savings if I do pick them up at 3.30 or 4 o'clock. OK. We still have until next Wednesday to sign the new contract, so let's leave it there for now. We haven't discussed holidays yet. Um, you're entitled to 22 days a year but you need to discuss holiday dates with Steve as we can't guarantee your holidays will fall during the school holidays. No, I understand that. It was the same this year. Right. Um, I'll be in touch later this week about the reduced timetable. Thanks again for coming in. Right. See you later. Bye. Okay, let's have a look at the key phrases, the important phrases or the the difficult language that okay. we found in there. Okay, so the first one, John? Um, I take it you had a look through the contract. Mm-hmm. I take it. What did you take? Uh, I take it means I understand yeah. or I believe. Mm-hmm. I take it you had a look through. So we've got look at, look into, look yeah. through. Phrasal verbs with mm-hmm. look. Um, they are all about looking. <laughs> yeah, that's the easy um, thing. Through in the sense of a multi-page or complicated document, a look-through suggests that you have examined it, but maybe not word by word. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So a a brief examination to have a look through something. So the whole sentence, I take it you had a look through the contract, means I presume, I understand Mm -hmm. that you just had a look at, that you looked at the contract with a bit of detail. I understand that you have read the contract. Mm -hmm. Good. And uh, number two, John? We'd like to take you on as a permanent employee. Okay, another phrasal verb here. To take somebody on. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it it generally means to employ someone. Mm -hmm. Um, Although there are other meanings as well. You can take on an opponent in a competition. Yeah. But you can take on work in the same way as you take on an employee, mm-hmm. which is to accept. Uh, to take on as a, a permanent employee. So a permanent employee as opposed to a, a temporary employee. Temporary or contract worker. Yeah, yeah. contract work. Mm-hmm. So contract as in, it's like contract by contract. It's not just one permanent contract that you have. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess the, the implication here is that that I was employed on a 
temporary basis by mm -hmm. the company, yeah. but you could be employed through an agency as well. Yeah. Um, so that there's more than one kind of temporary or contract worker. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually very common in the UK to have um, agency yeah. workers. It's much more common than it is here in Spain, at least. Especially um, in some sectors like logistics, warehousing, where they have to re react to varying demand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it makes the workforce more flexible. Um, one of yep. all, basically all my first jobs were through um, employment agencies. Mine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go in as a youngster. As I think I was like, I must have been seventeen or eighteen when I went to my first employment agency, and um, you tell them your skills, and they fit a job to you. It's yep. uh, it's easier in the UK than it is here in Spain because there's more work available in general and the protections for workers are are slightly are reduced <laughs> yeah. slightly lower yeah um yeah. so there's more flexibility in the system yeah there's a lot of flexibility in the in the labor market thanks to margaret thatcher so a <laughs> little bit of politics <laughs> so uh, well i mean you can you can see that either way because so it means that it's easy for 18 year olds to find work in warehouses for yes. a few weeks um but then they don't have the same protections as you would have and they may be doing um, the same job when they're 50 yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay anyway uh let's move on to the next expression phrase okay. Twenty-two thousand pounds gross for your basic salary plus the same performance bonus as last year Ooh, lots of lots of language in here we've got twenty-two thousand pounds gross gross is uh, gross is before tax mm -hmm. the whole amount of money that the company pays yeah generally when you see a salary um in a job offer or when you're discussing salary it's the gross figure that you always talk about mm -hmm. on average tax will come to a, between 25 and 30 percent yeah and that will be the net salary mm -hmm. but the gross is is what we always use when we're discussing it yeah your basic salary Okay, so we've got your basic salary, which, which is the amount of money that you'll that you'll get every month as a standard amount, mm -hmm. plus the same performance bonus. So the bonus is the extras that you get depending on your performance. So performance can be measured in different ways depending on the type of job that you have. Yeah, generally it's something that happens in the private sector. Mm -hmm. My first jobs were all in the public sector, so my first bonus was quite a surprise. Yeah. I've never never had a bonus. It's quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They give you extra money. What's yeah. to complain about? Yeah. So I think here here in Spain you get like a Christmas bonus and a and a a summer bonus and things like that. That's not the same in the UK. And and there are some pay structures where you get fourteen payments a year instead of twelve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, we don't that know. That doesn't we don't exist. That. No. Yeah. So a bonus in the UK is Almost always based on performance, but it can be in the banking sector in London and things like that. It can just be a way of paying extra above the legal maximum amount or above certain tax thresholds or some yes some some way to pay people an incredible amount of money. So it <laughs> might true. not be based on performance. And also the, the the basic salary might not include things like overtime as well. So if you uh -huh. have to work extra hours, yeah, you probably get paid. Additionally, depending on your contract, mm -hmm. a certain amount. So basic salary plus overtime plus performance bonus yeah. is, is then the total amount that you get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. 
Okay, next one. Stick to a 3 to 7% pay rise every three years. Mm-hmm. So to stick, stick to something. To, yeah. Like a sticker. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, if you stick to something, uh, stick to an action, then it means that you you keep your promises. Mm-hmm. It, it's like keeping your word. Yeah, I maintain. Guess. Maintain, yeah. yeah. So stick literally is when you put some glue on something or you have a sticky substance like a post-it, you stick yes. that on something. So to stick to something, it's like it's the sort of the action of being held there. Yeah. Yeah. So you stick to, you maintain that thing well, or you, we often to... use it with things like timetables to mm-hmm. stick to a schedule, to stick to a plan. Um, in yeah. this case, it's a schedule of payment or a schedule of increases. Mm-hmm. So to stick to this promise in effect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we usually stick to this. This is what we do every time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the next one, Flexi time or a reduced timetable. Okay, flexi time, that's quite um, self-explanatory, really. Flexible Flexible working. Well, it's flexi time has numerous variations. When I was working in the water industry, we had flexi time, which was great because what it meant was we were contracted to work 135 hours a month. Mm -hmm. But we had core hours that we had to be there every day between 10 and 12 and 2 and 4. Yeah. Everything else was flexible. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to take lots of time off one week, you yeah. could work four hours a day. Yeah. It meant you had to work lots of hours the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really flexible. Now, the word flexi time can mean that, or it can just mean half an hour's flexibility at the end of the day. It depends on the contract. Yeah. And did you find it useful, the, the flexi time? Did you? We had two-hour lunches in the pub every Friday. <laughs> yeah, so that's a yes. <laughs> it was absolutely a yes. <laughs> um, and the next one, the last one. You're entitled to 22 days a year. Entitled? Yeah, so we that's... talk about a holiday entitlement. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's what, you, uh, what the law says you should get or the yeah. contract says you should get. Mm-hmm. Because there is a, a statutory minimum paid holiday for full-time employees, yeah. which I think is 20 days. I'm not sure in I the think. UK. Is it similar here? I think 20 days probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're entitled to 20 days a year. Yeah, well, good. And then I just picked out a few uh, bits of vocabulary mm-hmm. on top of that, um, on top of those expressions, because uh, quite a lot of vocabulary came up. So we've got one is workload. So when we talk about workload... It's the amount of work you have to do. Yeah. Uh, you can have a heavy workload because mm-hmm. it's something you carry. You could have a big workload. Yeah. The workload could be stressful. Or it could be a reduced workload. Yeah, or yeah. a light workload. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, good. Um, a yearly pay review. This yeah. is, yeah, yearly, every year, a pay, how much you get paid, and review is to... Look over. It's again another phrasal verb. But so generally, this would be the prelude to a pay increase. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you're in the middle of a financial crisis. Yeah, and then a pay review might go the other way. But yeah, yeah, usually it would be okay. We've looked at your performance. We've we we value you as an employee or not, yep. and then we'll give you X amount of percentage or money extra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to take a pay 
cut. So we talked about this a lot when mm-hmm. we were talking about John's reduced timetable. Yeah. Um, so a pay cut is a reduction in yeah. pay. Mm-hmm. We use cut with often with money. You can cut salaries. You can cut costs. Yeah. You can cut national debt and cut national budgets as well. So yep. this is the big thing. The same. It's the same in Spanish as well, where the the UK government has to make deep cuts yes. to NHS to to well to, to public services to everything yeah cuts so the in the the crisis happened and then everybody had to make cuts yep mm-hmm. and the last one the last little bit of vocab here is line manager yeah in a lot of companies um the the management structure means that everyone has a manager immediately above them um so you it might be a team leader it might be a foreman um but it's the person you report to. So when we're talking about the hierarchy of a company, you've got, if you imagine it going like a, like a triangle. It's like a pyramid, like isn't a pyramid, it? Like a pyramid, yeah. So you're in the middle, then the person, you've got somebody above you and they're your line manager. And yep. if you're in the middle, you've got people below you who, and you are the line manager for those people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Good. Remember, you can find a free downloadable PDF transcript of the conversation and list of the useful phrases at taylorschool.es-businesspodcasts. So we're going to repeat that conversation now. Here it goes. Hello, John. Nice to see you again. Come in. Take a seat. Thanks. I take it you've had a look at the contract I sent you yesterday. Yes, I, I did have a look, and I, I do have a few questions. All right, um, let's start with the basics, and then we'll work out any details at the end. Okay, okay. great. You've already had two six-month contracts with us. As you know, we're, we've been very happy with your work over mm-hmm. the last 12 months, and we'd like to take you on as a permanent employee. As you can see, we've also included a 5% pay rise, which translates as an extra £1,100 per year, which takes you up to £22,000 gross for your basic salary, plus the same performance bonus as you've had up to now. How does that sound? Well, the pay rise is very welcome, and the job security of being taken on permanently is great. Fantastic. As you probably know, there's a yearly pay review, but in practice, we almost always stick to a 3% to 7% pay rise every three years. Uh, worked out depending on your performance, but also taking into account rates of inflation and the performance of the company as a whole. And that sounds fine. You also have the option of contributing to a pension fund. Uh, It does work out very well, and you can discuss this further with Susan when we've finished here. Um, You had some questions for me. Yeah. um, As you know, I've got two small children and I was wondering if you were open to the possibility of uh, flexi time or a reduced timetable compared to what I've been doing over the last 12 months. I am very happy with the position and the workload, but you know, the six o'clock finish means we have to have the kids in private childcare for nine hours a day. Okay. Uh, We do try to work around family commitments, as you know, as long as it doesn't interfere with uh, productivity or communication within departments or among the staff. I'll have to consult with your line manager. That's um, Steve Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it would obviously mean a pay cut for you. 
Your timetable now is nine to six with one hour for lunch, Monday to Thursday, and nine to four on Friday. That's a total of 38 hours, is that right? It is, yes. Just so we're clear, tell me what your ideal timetable would be, and then we can work from there. Right. Well, ideally, I'd start earlier, let's say eight o'clock, and I'd finish at three with just half an hour for lunch. And I could do that from Monday to Friday. That would give me 32 and a half hours per week. Would that be feasible? Legally, uh, you have to have at least 45 minutes lunch break uh, when you work over 4.5 hours straight. So we'd have to stretch your finish time out to 3.15. Well, that wouldn't be a problem. Let me talk to Steve and the management team and we'll get back to you. Um, are you sure you'd be happy to take that pay cut? Well, my wife works long hours too, so we have to find a balance. And the cost of childcare is so high, it really wouldn't mean much of a pay cut when you take into account the savings if I do pick them up at 3.30 or 4 o'clock. OK. We still have until next Wednesday to sign the new contract, so let's leave it there for now. We haven't discussed holidays yet. Um, you're entitled to 22 days a year but you need to discuss holiday dates with Steve as we can't guarantee your holidays will fall during the school holidays. I understand that. It was the same this year. Right. Um, I'll be in touch later this week about the reduced timetable. Thanks again for coming in. Right. See you later. Bye. We're coming to the end of our 10-show initial series. Uh, have a listen to our previous episodes about phone English, meetings, sales, presentations, and lots more. Remember, if you want us to continue, please let us know. You can also tell us the situations or subjects you'd like us to help you with. You can send us a message at empresas at taylorschool.es or info at taylorschool.es. Or find us on Facebook at Taylor School Oviedo. Or you can look for us on Instagram or on LinkedIn. Okay, so it's time for some tips or advice now. Um, John, have you got some tips? For the us? first tip is, is a very obvious one. Uh, the UK is a different country to Spain. Mm -hmm. If you are employing somebody from the UK, they will not have the same legal framework, legal background. So they won't actually have the same reference points when you're talking about employment law. Yeah. So uh, when we're talking about working conditions and contracts and things like that. Yeah. One example of that is is the word convenio, um, which is a very common, well understood word in Spain, mm -hmm. uh, and it's the the sector by sector agreements, um, which. Uh, legislate minimum conditions, working hours, minimum pay. Mm. We don't have that in the UK. There are collective agreements between unions and companies and between public sector workers um, and, and the government, but it isn't, doesn't have the same, the same. It's not across the whole industry. Exactly. For example, yeah, it's a, on a company by company basis or yeah. with the public sector in certain sectors. And that's yeah. It. So an awful lot of, mm -hmm. uh, Workplace agreements are are based on the contract and nothing more. The, the working conditions are, yeah. are in the contract. So we do have a minimum wage, a standard minimum wage, which yep. is a minimum amount that anyone can be paid per hour. 
So I yep. think in the UK at the moment it's about £7.50 for an adult or something like that. I think I'm not so, too sure. and slightly higher in London. Oh, really? All oh, yeah. right, okay. Yeah. Well, that's London's thankfully because London is incredibly expensive, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, so we have a minimum wage, but that's for absolutely everybody, for the ho- across the whole population, yeah, for any sector, for any job. The legal minimums are actually very much minimums. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to, say, for example, working hours, um, there is a maximum working time, that, which is the European maximum working time directive it's about 40 i think it's 45 hours a week or it was when i was um, yes but certain industries can opt out uh-huh so they can choose yeah I think, not to apply yeah it. so y- this is a, a thing that's special to the uk where you can just opt out of the maximum working hours you just sign a form yep. if you want the job you have to i've had to do this before in summer camps and things like right, that where yeah. obviously you're in a summer camp you're there for 14 hours 14 hours a day a 7 day, days a week or you're yeah. there 24 hours really yep. so you're working like 14 hours a day so you're working much more than the legal maximum exactly so they make you sign something and that that means that you can work an infinite number of hours yeah and yeah. and other things will be very different in terms of regulations um for example relationships with unions um, mm-hmm. Unemployment benefits very different in the UK yeah. to Spain. So in the UK, you have a there's a, again there's a standard amount. It's a universal benefit, mm-hmm. um, although there are lots of complications to to get it nowadays. But it's not like Spain where it's a temporary benefit and you have to have paid national insurance. Yeah, and if, that amount of money uh, changes depending on how much you've earned. In yes. the UK, you get a standard amount whether you've never worked or whether you were um, earning millions and millions of pounds before exactly. and that's all mm-hmm. yeah so so people should be clear about those things um yeah largely because they can lead to misunderstandings it's just when when foreigners so presumably some of the people who are listening work in human resources or have companies and they employ people from different countries yeah. sometimes if you are going to employ someone from a different country you can't assume that they know what they're signing and exactly. things like that. So maybe in the UK, I'd have to sign a contract and I could read that contract and understand it. Whereas here, mm-hmm. the contracts that you sign are basically impossible they to understand. They can be a little bit opaque. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can't really... It's, it's language that's designed for accountants and for and lawyers. lawyers. Yeah. So you have to explain these things to, to employees. I think when the, they arrive. the key is not to take things for granted. Mm-hmm. The things that, that somebody who has lived and worked in Spain all their life will understand instinctively are, are going to be different mm-hmm. if somebody comes from another country. Now, if they're from a European country, there are more things in common yeah. uh, because a lot of the legislation has been harmonized. Yeah. Uh, but even so, mm-hmm. people's backgrounds will be very different. Because the worst thing as well is when people are expecting people are expecting a certain um, amount of pay or certain conditions. Yep. And that then if for some reason, for example, if you give the gross amount of money yep. and then what people actually get is the net amount of money, which is the, the money after tax, yep. then people could feel and, and they thought they were going to receive the gross figure exactly the gross amount of money then people could feel bad about that and the same with holiday pay the same with 
all, to- all sorts of working conditions, it's really important to be very, very clear about all the working conditions, positive or negative, yep. so that then people know exactly what's happening because the worst thing for for a, a, a boss or a mm-hmm. human resources department is to have unhappy employees, well, basically. And, and it can cause problems for the company as well because one, one example would be in, in Spain, um, the, the authorities are very keen to to make sure that people are not working longer hours than they're contracted for. Mm-hmm. Um, people have to sign forms and clock in and clock out of work. Yeah. So record signing when, they... when you arrive and signing when you leave. Yeah. yeah, and and a British worker comes from a culture where working an extra hour is pretty normal. Yeah. Um, and if they do that, if they arrive here and do that, they could cause problems for the company. Yeah. Well, working an extra hour is normal in Spain as well, but in the UK, working an extra hour would be legal and acceptable, whereas, well, basically there are different bureaucratic situations. It's not that you can't, it's just that you have to manage it slightly differently. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, thanks a lot, John. Uh, That's the end of episode nine of Taylor's Business English podcast. Our next episode is about interviewing people in English. So keep listening for that and don't forget our conversation podcasts at taylorschoolies stroke podcasts. So that's um, another podcast that we do and it's uh, with me and with John and with some of the other teachers as well. There are always three teachers um, in the conversation and it's a, it's a little bit more informal and it's about general conversation. Each week or each episode is about a different topic. We've got 22 of those podcasts online at the moment at the Taylor School website and on iTunes and on iVox. And we're about to start a new series now as season well. Season two. That season two of that, yeah. So uh, from, uh, from John Wyke and from me, Dave Taylor, goodbye. goodbye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.